Word of the Lord through your own testimony and through your own marriage and your kids and the victory that He's given you and your daughter and your, your children and the favor that's upon you. I saw that bronze, that bronze javelin, if you will, or spear being thrown and piercing through the heart of the king's enemies, and I saw your family being saved. How many of you know your, your family, like your bloodline? I don't even know what that means, but nothing's impossible with God. And know that there's those that have been watching you, listening, those seemingly with dead ears. It has not been dead, for God's word has been sent forth like, like a spear, sharp, like a, like a bronze-tipped arrow, sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, as it says in Psalm 145. And His Word goes forth and it does not return void. And you will see, even in 2011, a tremendous fruitfulness that comes forth even from your own standing, even from your own intercession, even from your own declaration and proclamation. You will see salvation come to your home, deliverance come to your extended family. I think, you have a sister? you have a sister? She's going to get saved? you have one sister or more than one? Four whole five sisters. Save them all in the name of Jesus. I just see. I just see sister. I saw. I saw. I saw a woman specifically. There's one specifically that's on your heart more than another. Is that correct? That's right. She says that's the one. It's seemingly like the one with the hardest heart. Going to fall, and the whole family will come. And it's not going to look like. It's not going to look like what you might think it is might come some challenges. You're going to pray them through. You're going to declare. You're going to speak the truth and love and they're going to be saved. 2012 is a year of salvation for your family, says the Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Hey, hallelujah. Say hi to somebody. Welcome to KC Alaska. Greet one another. Greetings to all of our online congregation. What's up? Welcome to KC Alaska. You're in for a powerful night tonight. Stay online, stay tuned.
first-time visitors? Anybody here for the first time? Would you slip your hand up? What's up, my brother? Glad you're here. All right, bless you. I can tell you guys are related. Plus, I saw your faces on Facebook just the other day. I was praying for you and your family, and uh, I saw some of the family pictures. I love Facebook. Facebook is like a pastor's dream, that thing. I know it's been used by the enemy, but it sure can be used by the people of God. And just very thankful to, uh, to, to see people's families and pictures. And anyway, I was praying over your family. God's hand is, is mightily upon you. And uh, I have a... How long are you in town for? Your son. Till the second. Oh, that's uh, that's soon. <laughs> well, we're we're very thankful you're here. I'm I'm praying for you specifically, uh, you sir, young man. Tell me your name. Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, I have a word for you, but it's half baked. <laughs> Should we just see if the Lord will bake it? Let's do that. I'm probably not going to see you. You're going to have to be out of here. Where'd my musician go? The prophet Isaiah said, bring me a musician that I may prophesy. I'm going to prophesy over you. Is that all right? Okay, cool. Where's my musician? I'm all messed up. Can I tell you what messed me up? I was praying over our, uh, our brother. Where is he at? And uh, I, I, lost, I, I lost track of where I was. I don't know if you know when you, when you pray and you enter in. I, mean, I lost track of time. I didn't. I, when I when I when we were done praying, I didn't know where I was. I had to look, double check. I'm in a service. I'm in a service, and I had to like. Anybody ever wake up? You're really tired. You wake up. You're like, where am I? What time is it? What day is it? That happened to me today, also. Uh, Tyler, Father, we thank you for Tyler. Would you stand? Or you can give that to somebody else. Father, we thank you for this uh, young man. The Word of God says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered, and you're a righteous man. I'm ordering your footsteps. There's been a time when you thought you would go this way, and a time when you thought you might go the other way. But even as you've come to Alaska, there's been a reordering of your thoughts, a reordering of your heart. And you're just saying, you know, Lord, I just submit the whole thing to you. God knows your five-year plan. thinks it's great, but He has a plan. There's healing coming to your heart. There's been those who've taken advantage of you, who've taken your kindness and your, your, you have a servant's heart. There's those who've seen that and really taken for granted You've done things without thanks, and you haven't done them because of a thanks, but it's been hard at times when you've been mistreated. And the Lord has brought to you a brokenness even in this season. And He's healing your heart. And He's going to bring about all that you've been through. It's going to be used for the purpose of ministry. All that you've been through. There's a, there's a priestly calling on your whole family. And I see that the hand of the Lord mightily upon you, even a double portion of that which is on your father and your mother. So don't be weary in well-doing, for in due time you're going, to re- you're going to reap a harvest. Again, the Lord's healing your heart and He's ordering your steps. And I confirm the very things that He's spoken to you in the past day and two have been from the Lord. And you're going to find yourself just saying yes, not knowing how it's going to come about. And there's a shift and there's a change and there's some direction and the Lord is going to remove some of the things that have hindering. He's going to heal and remove some of the people that have taken advantage of you. And you're going to find yourself in a place of rich fulfillment and destiny and purpose. Be of good, good cheer. Be encouraged tonight, son. He's got you. He's hemmed you in before and behind. He's leading you. He's guiding you.
receive that word? Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Great I Am, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and great I am. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the great I am, the great I am. There's nothing. There's nothing that you can't do with Jesus. There are no impossibilities. Impossibilities bow the knee in the name of Jesus. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no infirmity. There is no relationship that can't be healed. There is nothing that cannot be done by the power of the name of Jesus. The name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus. He's a strong power. He's a sun and shield. The righteous run into Him. The righteous run into Him. Lord, before Your throne, Lord, as You've sovereignly come and just messed up the order of our service, I don't know where we're at. I pray, God, before Your throne, the Word of the Lord is this, that right now there are decisions, there, there is decisions being made before the councils of God. And as you pray, court decisions are being changed. Things are being shifted. You stand before the sea of glass tonight in prayer. Lift your voice. Come on. Pray. Lift your voice and pray. Right now, God, we pray as the ecclesia of God, your people, your church, the assembly, gathered before you in prayer. Release righteous judgments. Release righteous judgments tonight. Overturn patterns of iniquity. Overturn decisions that were based upon falsehood. Overturn righteousness and truth, God. Overturn things that are not rightly. Before you, righteousness and truth are the foundations of your throne. Prince of peace, mighty God, great I am. Kira na lamba yesh deya, kira na lamba yesh deya, kira na kira na lamba ho. Come on, lift your voice and just pray in the spirit. Kira na na lamba, mama ye 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 ye. Father, thank you for this precious child. We bless her right now. I thank you for the hand of God that's upon her. I thank you for healing, your healing touch. I thank you that she's drawn to your presence even tonight. okay to wait on the Lord. And it's okay to wait on Him. Just seek Him. Just pray for a moment. great things taking place. Keep playing that for me, uh, Reverend. Got a watch night service. 31st at 10.30. 10.30 at night, we're coming together. We're going to pray in the new year. Been doing that ever since we got saved. We'll have a worship service, a shorter message, and then we pray all the way into it's the next, the new year, 2012. I will tell you, more has happened on New Year New Year's services 
I know I used to be in other place when it turned New Year's. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord now for these many years. Topeka, Kansas, they had a, a watch night service. That's what they're doing. They're praying. They believed in Topeka, Kansas in 1901. 1900 turned into 1901. And they believed that if they would lay hands, this one lady, it's a Bible school, that said, if you just lay hands on me, I believe that God's going to fill me with the Spirit. They laid hands on her. She got filled with the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Power of God hit that Bible school. And they began to they began to pray in all kinds of tongues. They had linguists come in from the uni- local university, brought in linguists and deciphered what they were speaking, Ch- dialects of Chinese. And I mean, it was this is history, people. This is Pentecostal history. I don't know what's going to happen when it turns 2012. But I want to be in the presence and in the house of the Lord when it does. And so we didn't, we invite you to come. You bring your family. It's great. And uh, we'll have some fellowship and worship the Lord and pray in the new year. So you'll be a part of that. Sunday morning, of course, is the is January 1st. I'll be preaching in the morning. Pastor Vince Vince will be preaching at night. You don't want to miss that. We are going to two services on the 15th of January because we have no more room. <laughs> Woo, that's a good problem. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go to two services. Very excited about that. 9 a.m. and 11. So you can... Uh, Decide where you want to, what time you want to go to church, or go to both. I'm going to both. I don't know about you all. But I'm excited about it. Uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'll be preaching on that. A shorter message tonight. I'll be preaching on prayer and fasting here in just a minute. Prophet John and Meliana Harkey. They're going to be with us the 22nd, which is Sunday, Sunday morning. They're going to be Saturday in Anchorage, our, our extension in Anchorage at Alaska Wildberry Park. Isn't that right? And uh, so you can catch them in Anchorage if you want to. That's going to be great. They'll be here Sunday morning, two services, 9, 11, 6 p.m. Monday, we'll be doing a service at Monday, 7 o'clock. Tuesday, 7.30. Wednesday, he's going. We're working the boy. Wednesday, he goes up to Delta Junction, and then he comes back, and then he flies home. We're going we're gonna, to be ridden hard and put away wet. We're going to work the boy, and God's going to use him. Powerful, powerful minister of the gospel. Don't, don't miss John Meliana Harkey. And uh, Sunshine Company is uh, being revamped. Thank you to Leila and all the all the team. My beautiful wife Karen is going to take over Sunshine Company in the new year, and uh, we'll be uh, taking application if you want to help with that. A lot of great things going on. We're we have uh, a lot of exciting things that will take place in the new year. We're launching all kinds of ministries and life groups, and we'll let you know more about that. We're going to be calling them lights. Everybody say lights lights this little light of my night anyway lights we're going to call them lights and uh, we're going to shine in the darkness and see many many people released and plant more churches and just have an explosion of the fire of the holy ghost somebody say amen all right good we're going to take a moment to receive our tithes and offerings hallelujah we need more ushers we need more greeters yep so uh, you can see pat our head usher will hook you up. You too can wear a blue shirt of honor. Blue blue represents revelation. And we really would... Uh, it's, it's a men's ministry. Not that women can't usher, they can. But it's mostly a men's ministry. Men deserve a place of honor in the church. Lord, heal this shoulder. shoulder be healed. Lord, you've done everything else in her body. <laughs> Guess you're getting an overhaul, Terry. Heal her shoulder in Jesus' name. Speak healing. Swelling go down. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Ushers, would you come? Pastor Vince, would you pray over our offering, over the tithes and the offering tonight? Come and hold your offering, hold your tithe up to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give, Lord, of our tithes and of our offerings, Lord, that we might inherit the blessing and defeat the curse, Lord, that the enemy desires to put on our lives. Father, you instituted giving, Lord, by first giving to us, Lord so that we might be givers, Lord. You blessed us 
that we might be a blessing, Father, in the earth. Now I ask you to bless those that give, Lord. Give from their hearts, not out of compulsion, Lord. For you love a cheerful giver, Lord. I bless them, Lord, as they give. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with us and take your Bible and turn to the book of Joel. Verse 12 and following to verse 32, reading from the Holman version. And we do have notes tonight. Y'all still enjoy notes? And verse 12. Even now, are you ready? If you're ready, say woo! Even now, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in faithful love. And He relents from sending disaster. Who knows? He may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind Him. So you can offer grain... And wine to the Lord your God. Blow the horn in Zion. Announce the sacred fast. Proclaim an assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the aged. Gather the children. Even those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his bedroom. And the bride her honeymoon chamber. Let the priests, the Lord's ministers, weep. Between the portico and the altar, let them say, Have pity on your people, O Lord, and do not make your inheritance a disgrace or an object of scorn among the nations. Why should it be said among the people, Where is their God? Verse 18, are you all there? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and spared his people. The Lord answered his people, Look, I am about to send you grain and new wine, olive oil. You'll be satisfied with them. And you will no longer, I will no longer make you a disgrace among the nations. I will drive the northerner far from you and banish him to dry and desolate land. From, and desolate land. His front ranks into the Dead Sea. And his rear guard into the Mediterranean Sea. His stench will rise. Ooh, I like that. His scent will rise. Yes, his rotten smell will rise. For he has done catastrophic things. Do not be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid, land. Rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, wild animals, for the wilderness pastures have turned green, and the trees have bare their fruit, and the fig tree and the grapevine yield its riches. Verse 23, children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God because he gives you autumn rain for your vindication. He sends showers for you, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be full of grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and olive oil. I will repay you for the years the swarming locusts ate. The young locusts are destroying locusts, are devouring locusts. My great army I sent Against you, you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied, and you will praise the name of Yahweh your God, he who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel, and I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people will never be put to shame. And after this, I will pour out my spirit. Oh, who's got the New King James? Anybody got the New King James? What are you reading, Pastor Vince? 
That'll do. I'm not reading Holman version for verse 18. Holman's out on the next verse. I just like it too. Where am I? Thank you. I might need to get glasses. Jesus, help me out. And afterward, I rebuke that thought. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls... On the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Father, move in power as you've done in the first part of the service and in the remaining moments of the service tonight. Change us forever, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Let me ask you rhetorically, what is the biggest problem in any relationship? What is the biggest problem that can happen in any relationship? I'll tell you, the biggest problem that can happen in any relationship you have is the hardening of someone's heart. Now, I heard somebody say communication, of course. Communication can be a problem, but if somebody's heart stays tender, it's not a problem, really. You can work through it. If their heart goes hard, you're in trouble. The hardening of someone's heart can happen in a number of different ways. It can happen through wounds, offenses. James, pardon me, Jesus answers the question in Revelation 2, verse 4. It says to the Ephesian church, return to your first love. Now look at the text that we read. How do you return to your first love? How do you, how do you heal the hardening of your heart? How do you do that? How do you, how do you have breakthrough? I want to talk to you about the power of fasting. The power of fasting. We are starting a fast next Monday for 21 days. And we have done that since this ministry began. For generations, there's been fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer is essential. It is part of your discipline as you walk with Jesus. As I talk with some of my friends around the nation, people that attend other churches... Even some pastors, they don't preach on fasting. They don't teach on fasting. And that many don't fast. But I want to tell you that it, fasting has such power. And if you've never fasted before, you want to move into this new year with a dimension of power that you've never had. Give yourself to this next 21 days of prayer and fasting. The context of Joel 2 and the outpouring of the Spirit is a context of prayer and fasting. We all like quoting, you know, in the, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. That comes in response to a prayer movement. The outpouring of the spirit comes in response to a prayer movement that they have. And the outpouring of the spirit of God that's destined to come to this place, Alaska, and to this house. I prophesied, really reminded of a, of a prophecy just the last time we had service, I think it was Sunday night. This house will not be known for its great ministries, although we'll have them. It will not be known for great programs, although we'll endeavor to have great programs. How many know great programs are great? Come on. Great counseling. It's wonderful to have great counselors. It's wonderful to have great discipleship. It will be known for the glory of the Lord. For the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in a healthy way. Where the Word of God is taught. And the gifts of the Spirit is released. And it's not a bunch of fruit, nuts, and flakes. I can't, I'm going to tell you something. I cannot stand fruit, nuts, and flakes ministry. I just can't stand it. Have character. Amen. What you do in the dark is the level of Christianity that you're at. Praise the Lord. Let's move to the next point. So we must return to the Lord with our whole heart. Everybody say with our whole heart. You've got to return to the Lord with your whole heart. And one of the ways to do this is through fasting. Fill in your notes. It's through fasting. There's all kinds of fasts. Fasting is always with prayer. Fasting and prayer. So when I say fasting, it's always fasting and prayer. Fasting is never, and at least in, in Scripture and as a believer, don't just fast for health reasons and, and not pray. Fasting will help your health. Now some of you, if you're, if you're on, under the supervision of a doctor and you're on medication, you know, fasting might not be, you might get to see Jesus real soon. 
You know, you, maybe you shouldn't fast. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you know, you, some of you need to go dying on me. You need to go and consult a doctor if you're on all kinds of medications and stuff. And sometimes that's the case as the Lord heals you. But fasting is, is one of the ways that you turn your whole heart to God. It reflects our grief over sin. Fill in your notes. Throughout the Old Testament, as well as in the New, you'll see fasting associated with national mourning. They would have days where they fasted and prayed. Fasting is a great way to get in touch with, with your grief over sin. My sin, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Praise God. How about the family? How about our community? Nehemiah, he wept, not because so much of his own sin, but he repented identificationally for his forefathers as he got a burden to go rebuild the wall in 52 days. He, he repented and he prayed. He said, Lord, forgive my forefathers. We've not served you. Fasting and prayer, it reflects our grief over sin. It, it is a, a dealing with our hearts. If you look at verse 13, it's a dealing with our hearts. Now, if we return to the Lord... It says, return to the Lord your God, for He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. We'll experience His compassion as we fast and pray. How many of you want to experience the compassion of God? Okay, the rest of you just want His judgment? Is that what you're looking for? Okay. Come on, we all want to experience His compassion. And through fasting and prayer, you can experience His compassion as we return to Him with all our heart. We can experience His love. You know, I've found in my own life as I fasted and prayed that God spared me from destruction. Through fasting and prayer, you can spare yourself from destruction. You say, how do, you know, how do I know if I'm headed toward destruction? You don't. That's why you should fast and pray. I've found God do preemptive strikes on the strategy of the enemy. You know what that means? That means the enemy has a strategy and the, and the Lord just sends a, a Holy Ghost nuke and just blows it up. Before he gets to me. Or he shows it to me before I'm, I'm stepping on a landmine. And had I not had turned my heart in prayer and fasting and sought him, I wouldn't have had my eyes open to the trap. And destruction might have come. This is all right from the text that he will bless. That's in this chapter, I see, I see nine things, nine things from this chapter. I'm going to quickly move through them. Nine things that God will release if you'll fast and pray. Nine things. And now, first of all, in verse 15, fasting as a congregation. We are fasting corporately. There's, Jesus said, He said, when you fast, you know, don't, don't make your say, you know, paint your face all white and walk around. Oh, I'm fasting. He says, because then you'll already have your reward. So there, there is a time when you're fasting and nobody knows about it. But then there is corporate times of fasting. That's what this is. All right. So we're going to corporately come together and fast. You said, should I be a part of that? I will tell you there will come an increase in power, the love of God, the compassion of God, the breakthrough of God in your life if you fast and pray. You must have a discipline of fasting and praying. We fast a day a week, sometimes two days. We fast 21 days at different times. God has given us a grace to fast longer at other times. And I will tell you that never, ever have I not seen God come through and clarify and bring healing and breakthrough and deliverance for me, my family, our church, corporately, individually, breakthrough financially, breakthrough in every area. As you fast and pray, I'm going to just tell you, nothing can stand before you all the days of your life if you fast and pray wholeheartedly before God. I'm telling you, we say, I'll have no trouble. Oh, you might have trouble. I'm just telling you, it won't hinder you from fulfilling your destiny, your purpose in God. Many times the enemy sends a, sends a, 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 an envoy to, to bring torment, distraction, confusion, sickness. But if you'll fast and you'll pray and you'll give yourself wholeheartedly to God. Repent for your sin. What sin? Whatever sin you got going on that you might not even be aware of. Come on. He'll bless. And so there's fasting as a congregation. And I've heard some people say, oh, that's not biblical. It is so. And I will just tell you that I've had times of fasting by myself. It's way easier. I feel more empowered when it's corporately. I can overcome Mickey D's and chocolate and everything when it's all way easier when it's corporate. Their cry together is is, is for God to be glorified. Everybody say, I want God to be glorified. 
Come on, how many want God to be glorified? Say, I want God to be glorified. Verse 17, let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? We want God to be seen. More than ever before in my life, I want God to be seen. One of the, one of the, the great testimonies that has been of KC here in Alaska is, has been, you know, I felt God in that place. I felt the Spirit of God in that place. I walked in. I felt His presence. Something's different there. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, Pastor Vince is the greatest preacher or Pastor Daniel is the greatest preacher. None of that. It's not, it's not about man. Praise God for, for strength and preaching that people might have. It is absolutely about giving God glory. And so the, <laughs> they wanted to give God glory. God responds to our fasting and prayer. Say it with me. God responds to our fasting and prayer. Okay, here's the nine things. Supernatural provision. If you fast and you pray and you turn your heart to God, you will see supernatural provision. I've got endless testimonies, endless. Could tell you the rest of the night about how God came through on the final minute, how I was left and God came through, or other stories and testimonies I've heard of God's supernatural provision. Verse 19, New King James, I believe. I'm sending you grain, new wine, and olive oil. Might be NIV. Enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn. Look, it's poverty is a spirit. See, poverty is a spirit. It's a it's a demonic spirit that can be cultivated through your poor stewardship. See, you can live with a poverty mindset, and if you live with a poverty mindset, you'll never walk in the full blessing of God. You've I, I was talking to somebody, and they were telling me what a difficult time they were having. They're not from this church. They're in another land. They were calling me and asking me for counsel. And I just felt the land to ask them. I said, are you tithing? He goes, oh, no, no, I'm not tithing. I said, well, then you're stupid. That's a little offensive. I, you know something? Somebody that does stuff that's foolish should be offended in that area. The Word of God will offend you. And if you want great breakthrough, but you don't tithe, do you think God's actually going to bless you apart from, the, from following His Word? He can't! He can't do it! It's against His character. He can't go against His own Word. Look, whether, whether you believe it's a 10% or we're under grace, look, the truth is, if it, we can study that and prove it a million different ways. The truth is, if you want to just go with a New Testament understanding, and it's not according to the law, even though 10% is prior to the law, it's in the law and it's after the law, and you say you're under grace, really, 10% would be a minimum. You give significantly more than that. That's the way that is. So they try to hem you in to 5% and say, well, I don't know, it's just according to the leading of my heart. Your heart is wicked and filled with greed. You need to help yourself. When you fast and pray, you will see a supernatural release of provision. And poverty is a spirit. You need to break that thing. How do you know it's a spirit? Because I see it in the Word of God and I had it on my own life. And the way that you break that is through giving, through obeying the Word of God, through learning principles of taking care of your finances that God has given you. Some of you are believing, I just had a million dollars. If I just had a million dollars, oh, I'd be so blessed. No, you wouldn't. You'd have holes in the bottom of your pockets, and within a short span of a year or two, maybe three, you would whittle all your million dollars into nothing, and you'd have a, a house full of... Toys that mean nothing and, and no investment, no increase, nothing because you hadn't learned how to handle making 10000 a year, 15000 a year and being faithful with what God's given you. Come on, go look at the lottery winners. Look at all the lottery winners. They're all destitute, blow their brains out and lose their minds. Money's not the answer to your problem. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. You will see supernatural provision as you fast and pray. But fasting and praying is not the only thing. You gotta, you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta do the whole thing. This is just a part of it. You'll see deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. Number two, the second thing is deliverance. There are demon powers that are attached to your life. 
There are demon, demonic entities that want to latch onto you. They want to torment you. They want to, they want to use you as a pull toy. How many of you know what a pull toy is? A pull toy is a little toy. You give a three-year-old and they pull it and the little wings go around like this and it goes quack, 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 and you pull it. That's what the devil wants to use you like that. A little string on your, on little string, a little hook in your jaw and just pull you like a little toy. Now here's the thing. I've been in this long enough to understand that there have been times in my life that I've been under oppression and I didn't even know I was. Listen to, listen to your pastor. I did not know I was under oppression. I did not know I was being deceived. I thought it was all good. I was on fire for God. And then when I began to fast and pray, I began to see, oh my gosh. How, how, how did that creep in? I'm not talking about overt sin. I'm talking about attitudes and, and pride and things that tries to get a hold of you. How do you break that? One of the ways you break that is through prayer and fasting. Now listen, there might be deliverance that, that I mean like, Maybe you're in the midst of overt sin. You can break that thing through prayer and fasting. Years ago, I was driving. I was in Maui. I was, uh, I was on the pastoral team visiting. I'm driving home. I just picked up the milk and the eggs. My wife asked me to do I was driving on the cell phone. Okay, honey, I'll be home soon. I'm headed, to, headed up to Kula. And the Lord speaks to me and says, go see so-and-so. I'm like, ha, no. I've been out all day. Maybe you could go see him. You know what I mean? I mean, I wasn't like, oh, Shondai, turn the car around. I was tired, man. I worked all day, and the guy wasn't very receptive to me anyway. He wasn't in church. Let him get lumped for the love of God. Maybe he'll learn. You know what I mean? Everybody ever feel that way? Is that just me? I've felt that way before. I'm not feeling that way right now. Just think, you know, maybe he needs to learn. Maybe you need to take another lap, go around the mountain, get some more beatings before you decide to learn to live for Jesus. I mean, I don't know. Whatever it takes. Just don't kill him, Lord. Anybody know that prayer? <laughs> so I'm driving and I have this argument with the Lord and I feel like, okay, it's, it's like, it's sin now if I don't go. So I decide to do the next best thing. I call him on the phone. I'm still driving home. I think maybe a phone call will work. I call him. I, 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 I find his number. I call him. Hey, what's up? Oh, hey, how come you're calling me now? Well, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to call you. And his voice cracks, and I go, oh, man, I'm going to have to go, Jesus. <laughs> I start ministering to him on the phone, and I start feeling troubled in my spirit, like, you better get to his house. I whipped my car around. I don't even know where he lives. I drive back into Kahului, which is one of the main towns there in Maui. I drive back in. I'm on my phone, and I, I talk with him. I said, so are you home? He says, yeah. So where? hey, dude, where do you live again? He's like, I'm over by so-and-so. So I head over there. We talk a little bit of chit-chat, keep going. I get in that part. Oh, oh, whereabouts is that? Oh, it's by the school. And I, I get to where the school is. Oh, yeah, I knew where that is. Uh, where, what, what road? And so it's like such and such road. I knew where that road was. I get to that road. I turn onto the road. Yeah, what house is that? And he's just playing along, doesn't know what's going on. He finally tells me what house. Oh, it's the last one on the left. So I go, oh, okay. And so I pull in. And I get out of my car. I'm now in his yard. I walk up to his house. And, I, and he says, oh, God, you're here. I said, yeah, I'm here. And we hang up the phone. I knock on the door. He opens the door. And he has a loaded revolver in his hand. And he's standing there, ready to blow his brains out. I just happen to call. Because he was addicted to pornography and he'd lost his wife. And he couldn't put his life back together. I prayed for him. I broke the enemy off him. I got him back in church by the grace of God. Everybody say, by God's grace. It just so happened to be in December. We had a 21-day fast come up. I said, dude, you need to fast. We went in and talked to Dr. Morocco and told him, here's the plan. This is what's happened. We're going to fast and pray. And, and I remember doctors saying, God's going to set you free in these 21 days. He said, I believe it. That guy went on a water fast for 21 days. I will never forget the, the last day service of that 21-day fast. It was a Sunday night. He was helping to usher and doing some different things. Dr. Morocco came down the aisle just as big as a bolt of thunder, clapped his hands and grabbed that kid's head like it was a little baseball, prayed for him, and all I heard was like, I heard like a breaking. Has anybody ever heard, know what I'm talking about? It was almost like, you ever hear, anybody ever heard a two-by-four snap? You know the sound of that pop like that? I heard that, and this kid hit the deck. Do you know what happened? 
He never again went back to pornography. He lived for God with all his heart, served diligently to this day, is a leader in our church, got remarried, has a bunch of kids, is on fire, righteous before God, and is one of the key people in our church. In the islands. Now, how did that happen? Deliverance! You want to break free into the next level? Fast and pray. Fast and pray. Look at the third thing. Oh, i got to hurry up. Jesus helping. A change in attitude. From fear to thanksgiving. Look at verse 21. Don't be afraid. Land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Some of you need an attitude change. Amen. You fast and pray, He can change your attitude. The fourth thing you see is fruitfulness in every area of your life. Verse 22 talks about that. Verse 23 talks about bringing fruitfulness. How many of you want to be fruitful? I want to be fruitful. I don't want to just do something and go, oh, well. I am the vine, you are the branches. John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not a zip. That means anything we do apart from Him literally has no value eternally before heaven. So you better be doing what He called you to do, otherwise you're doing nothing even though you think you might be doing something. Say, wow, I really thought I was doing something, but now I realize I'm really doing nothing because I'm apart from Him and He didn't tell me to do it. He's the author and the perfecter, the finisher of your faith. And what God started, He is obligated to finish. But if you didn't start it, he's not obligated to finish it. Some of you are involved in stuff that you should not be involved in, and you're asking God to bless it. Well, I'm going to tell you what our sister Kathy would say, God can't bless no mess. You remember that? He can't bless a mess. And many times we start things and want God to come in and help us to finish it, and he's saying, I, I never told you to do that. When we fast and pray, God can release fruitfulness like never before. The fifth thing I see is restoration. Oh, I love this verse. This is one of the key verses that God gave me when I gave my heart to Jesus because I'd lost everything except my life. Which really, I thought I lost everything. But when I found Jesus, I actually found everything. But I'd gone through a lot of loss. And this, how many ever lost some stuff? Joel 2.25. I will restore to you all the years that the locusts have taken. Now I used to think about this. I used to think that I'd be under the fire of God and I would go home back to my little apartment before I got before I got married to my beautiful beloved wife. And I would think, why couldn't I have found Jesus like ten years ago? Or how about fifteen? Why couldn't I have gotten saved on fire when I was, you know? Young and innocent and gone on fire and just gone after God, man, I could have really wrecked some place if I had just had some time. Because I really didn't get right and really get on fire for God until I was really, you know, 30. And I used to cry over that. Wasted years. And then I got this scripture. He will restore all the years the locusts have taken. And, I, I, and then I prayed about that, and I realized what that is. What might have taken you five years, he'll do in one. What might have taken you ten, he can do in two. The, the supernatural joy that he can give you, the supernatural increase that he can give you, the supernatural favor that he can give you, though the enemy launched on you like a locust, locusts don't leave anything green. They rob you, rip you off, take all your stuff. And when you come to God and turn to him with all your heart, he restores everything, everything. I stand before you. I stand before you as a man who's seen almost everything restored. I'm talking total decimation and loss. There's just two things left. They're not things. They're my two daughters. And that is it. They're coming. Can I get an amen? How many of you haven't lost anything? When you fast and when you pray, the context of restoration here in Joel 2, the context of the outpouring, the context of the new wine, the context of the release of the glory of God, the favor of God, the breaking of the the destroyer, destruction, deliverance, is fasting. And prayer. 
We all just want, oh, in the last days, shaka talamahaya. In the last days, yeah, in the last days, he'd pour out his spirit. I'm going to shandai, skip, and jump, and roll in oil with the rest of you. But the truth is, the context of that is through prayer and fasting. Satisfaction. The sixth thing, I'm almost done. Satisfaction. Can't get no. Yeah, that's right. You're in the world. You can't get no. Can't get no satisfaction outside of God. Because apart from Him, you can do nothing. And you'll find yourself wondering, you know, just lost, empty, lying on your bed at night, empty in your heart, empty in your spirit, wondering what's going on, not satisfied by anything. Money doesn't satisfy. Fame doesn't satisfy. Fortune doesn't satisfy. Jesus satisfies. And when you fast and you pray, Jesus will come. The power of the Spirit will come and it will bring satisfaction. Look at verse 26. Hurry up. Take your time. You'll have plenty to eat until you're full. Hey, hey. Ah, How many of you had some, some food over the past weekend? All right, all three of you. Praise God. The other ones are probably eating so much you can't even raise your hand. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Satisfaction comes no other way but in Jesus. And when you fast and pray, you will experience satisfaction. The seventh thing is shame. Shame, I believe, can also be a spirit. I've known people with shame that just can't even look you in the face. They're so ashamed. They just hate themselves. They're just disgraced at what they've done. The enemy's pigeonholed them and stuffed them in a place where they can't even look up to see the light of day. When you fast and pray, God will break through. Isaiah 58 talks about true fasting. I'll probably preach on that text coming up. Look, these signs follow the preaching of the Word, right? Signs follow the preaching of the Word. When you preach on something, it releases faith for that thing. Why am I preaching on prayer? Because I know that prayer and fasting is the very thing that many of you need to launch you, to catapult yourself into the next level in God. And unless you fast and pray, and I want to tell you, fasting can be difficult if you don't have a grace. You need a grace. Come on, somebody say, God, give me grace to fast. Look, you can fast TV, fast negativity, fast sweets. You can go on a water fast. You can do a Daniel fast, vegetables and no meat. You can, there's all kinds of fast, but I would encourage you to fast and pray over these next 21 days starting next Monday. Yeah. And shame. Look at verse 27. Then you will know that I am in Israel and that I, the Lord your God, I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be ashamed. The eighth thing. A greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our church. In our community. When we fast and pray. There will come. An outpouring. Of the spirit of God. I have a promise that's welling up in my heart. That we're going to experience the glory of God. Like we never have before. But it will not happen unless we fast and pray. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. What that means is this. It's that heaven rewards spiritual violence. And if you want to see a breakthrough in your life, then lace up the gloves, baby, and start swinging. And God will reward you. You war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God. Through the pulling down of strongholds, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Every high and lofty thing that's raised up against the knowledge of God, we tear it down. When you fast and when you pray, God will reveal iniquitous patterns, patterns of sin that have been in you and been in your father and been in your mother and then future generations, prior generations, and they're also now in you. And when you fast and pray, you can see those things broken. You can see yourself walk into a new dimension of the power of God that will not happen unless you fast and pray. It's a folding down of your humanity. It's like an illustration before God saying, I want you more than food. I want you to come through and save my family more than I want to eat. I want you to come and rend the heavens and come down and bring a revival such that we've never seen before. Oh God, won't you come? Won't you come, God, and let Wasilla be more than just about politics? 
We're here, alive. You've been spared for a purpose. Fulfill it. I charge you, fulfill it. And I've, I will just say this as I, as I close. Micah, would you come? I know, I got one more, one more point, and I'm going to hit it because it's important. There's been times in my life where I knew I was right. I had put staked my life, laid my life down on the truth that I knew. Absolutely, positively take a bullet for, for the fact, the truth, that I knew what the truth was, only to find out that I was totally, 100% wrong. So what do you say? And I'm going to tell you, that's like, I mean, that's 10 years into my walk with Jesus. 10 years in. I had this opinion, I had this thought, about what had taken place in my family. I knew what the truth was and this and this and this and this and this happened. But actually, I was seeing through colored glasses. And it wasn't until I got healed enough that Jesus came into my life and freed me from the opinion of what I thought was true. And then he showed me what the real truth was. And then I realized, oh my gosh. And that healing, the healing that came through that. Do you know that happened, I believe, because of prayer and fasting and being diligent just to come. I mean, I... I can't tell you I open my Bible every day of my life as a believer. I can't tell you that I don't ever miss church. We, we missed church once. We missed one Sunday morning. We missed one Sunday morning. I thought, I'm not kidding you, I thought, I mean, I just knew that it, I, I, I'd missed out. It was stupid. No, I'm just sure this is how God wired me up. I might not always open my Bible. I mean, I do now more than, more than ever before, but I never miss service. Ever. What do you say? I'm just saying that's the way God wired me up. I was hungry. I wasn't going to miss. What, to miss, do what? Watch TV? For what? Need rest? What do you need? Hour and a half? Hour and a half. When you hear the word of God. It's just the way that God wired me up. I know you have, you have businesses, and I, I know many of you people are traveling and doing things. You've got to obey God. I'm not saying you have to be in every service. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is your heart has to turn to God. And through prayer and fasting. I know you travel in different things and people work up on the slope. You just have to obey God. What is God saying to do? And then do it. Right? I will say you have to have church every day yourself. Got to get recharged in the Word. Recharged in His presence. We'll have a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Last point. There will be a harvest of souls. Verse 32. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So in these next 21 days, which start on Monday, won't you give yourself to prayer and fasting? There's decisions that that you need to make that you might make the wrong one, should the Lord not really help you. There There is deception out there, and you have a fallen human nature, and you can make the wrong choice. But I've found I've never made a wrong choice when I fasted and prayed. God always helped us make the right one. Isn't that right, sweetheart? He's always helped us. I'm believing for some things in my family. I'm believing for things in the church. I'm believing for you and your breakthrough. Charlie, I see the grace of God on your family as I stand here looking out at you. see the grace of God in your family. Would you stand just right where you are, Charlie Krim? The Lord is going to make you a pillar in the house of the Lord. I love how your son walks in right now. Perfect. Charlie, just step out into the aisle with your two boys on either side. Come here, John. Come here, Eric. Stand up on your feet, everybody. 
to stand one on either side. The Lord is going to make you a pillar, pillars in the house of the Lord. There's a grace that's upon me this next season. I'd encourage you to fast and pray as the Lord leads you and guides you, all, all three of you guys. You're going to see a landslide breakthrough come in your family. You're going to see landslide breakthrough come in this generation. God, I thank you for the cribs and I thank you for the grace of God. I thank you for Charlie's diligence in keeping himself going after you. You will fall.